Genesis chapter. Put the put it up for me real quick. I'm not gonna, Genesis 22. I'm gonna paraphrase the story to give you the three points real quick because I think it's important. Abraham, if you've been in church, you've heard the song Father Abraham had many sons. That's who we're talking about. Abram, that was his name. He's called by God and he's promised the son. He says, I'm going to give you a son. And then Abram says, how are you going to give me a son? I'm old. And God says, never ask how old you are. I'm going to give you a son. That's in Genesis 12. This is 10 chapters later. Abraham is 75 when he's promised the son. And in Genesis 21, his son is given to him. So nine chapters later, 25 years later, Abraham is a, Abraham's 100 years old and he gets his firstborn son named Isaac. And last week I spoke about this is what we will see. And it was a very encouraging message. It was a very exciting message where this is what we're going to see. We're going to see in spite of what is happening in the nation, despite what's happening in the schools, despite what's happening on the news, we're going to see a move of God. We're going to see families restored, lives changed, lives healed, marriages put back together, drug addicts set free, cancer healed, racism embarrassed. It's going to happen. We will see it. And as I was praying this week, I wasn't scheduled to preach this morning, and I got just some things went down, and I had to speak. And I, it was Thursday, and I'm like, Lord, I got to speak on what I'm going to speak on. And Lord, I've been dropping some, some terms or some topics in my spirit, and I wasn't sure when I was going to get to them. And so I'll get to them this morning. And part of the reason I think the Holy Spirit moved like he did is because he didn't want me to preach this message long, because it's hard. He wanted me to give it to you quick and short in this atmosphere. And in Genesis 22, God tells Abraham, take your son, the son I promised you. I want you to take him up to this mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to build an altar and I want you to sacrifice him. I don't know about you, but for me, I've been reading the Bible a long time. This is probably the top five most like difficult chapters or stories for me to really comprehend. I want you to kill your kid don't make sense to me it's very hard for me to reconcile with but that's what he's told to do so Abraham says alright he gets up he, there's no mention of telling his wife it's probably wisdom he gets up they go to the foot of the mountain with him and his servants he tells his servants me and the boy are going to go up the mountain and me and the boy will be back even though God said sacrifice your son he says me and the boy are going to be back so he climbs the mountain he starts building the altar Isaac looks at him and says, Dad, I see the altar and I see the wood, but where's the sacrifice? Poor Isaac didn't know he was the sacrifice. Abraham looks at him and says, God will provide. And when I read this story, it challenges so much about our culture. It challenges so much about our churches. It challenges so much about the very way we serve Jesus. There are three things in this story, two of which are very anti you and I. They're very against what we like, what we want, and how we feel. The first thing, because the title of this, if you wanted to take notes, is this is what it will take. Last week was this is what we will see. This week is this is what it will take. And I'll be done quick, I promise. I'm not going to preach all day. Although I might, because he's in charge. No promises. This is what it will take. How many of you know you're not going to lose weight if you don't put the work in? 
You're not going to get better at that sport unless you put the work in. You're not going to pass that CPA exam or that law exam or that praxis test if you don't put the work in. And I believe that we spend so much time focusing on the glory of salvation and the magnificence that it's a free gift that we skip everything else that comes after it. Hear me out. The only thing in Christianity that is free is salvation. Everything else we have to go after Jesus for. And there's this, this spectator complacency that has gotten in the church because I'm good, I'm going to heaven. Jesus did not die on the cross for you to go to heaven. Jesus died on the cross for you to bring heaven to earth. You have a job and a role to do today in the earth. That's why you're here. He fills you with his spirit, not so you can have goosebumps when your song comes on the radio. He gives you his spirit so he can use you to impact the people around you. And there are three things that we can pull from this story. I want you to go read it when you get home. Genesis chapter 22. The first thing that we see in this story is surrender. Surrender. Abraham was surrendered to the will of God. How do I know this? Because I read the last nine chapters. And God tells Abraham to do a bunch of things that don't make a lot of sense. And Abraham does them because he surrendered to the will of God. <coughs> I want to give you a very, very, very simple point. But it's not an easy one. Right now, if you're in here and you're a Christian, meaning Jesus died on the cross and he has saved you from your sin, raise your hand. Loud and proud. If you believe Jesus died on the cross for you, right? Keep your hands up. I have something very important to tell you. You are not in charge of your life anymore. You can put your hands down now. I'm not in charge of my life. I'm responsible for my life. I'm not in charge of it. Abraham was responsible for his life, but he was not in charge of it. He had to be surrendered to the will of God. What does that mean? That means, Jesus, I'm going to do what you want. Well, how do you know what he says? I spend time with him. I read the Bible. I get around other Christians who can help me and disciple me, hear him clearer, understand how he works more. I'm making an effort to be more like him. I'm surrendered to him. You want to know how to make your marriage work? Surrender to Jesus. But you don't know my wife. I don't need to. I know you. And you're messed up. And you need Jesus. So surrender to Jesus. Well, you don't know my boss. I don't need to know your boss. I know you. Surrender to Jesus. This is how evangelism happens. This is how we share our faith with people. Why? Because we're surrendered to Jesus. He is in charge. People ask me all the time, Pastor Chris, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? And my answer is always the same. I don't give myself the luxury of that question. Because the moment that I start saying, man, I'd love to live here and this and this and this is the moment I begin to create an idol in my mind and take my focus off what God really has me doing. Hear me out. Your dream house, dream home, dream job, dream situation is nothing compared to being smack in the middle of the will of God. Nothing compares to that. So when you ask me, where do I want to live? Exactly where he wants me to. What house do I want to own? Exactly the one he wants me to. If Chris had his pick, he would be in the middle of nowhere with about 200 acres with 10 point bucks everywhere and no neighbors. 
Like you'd have to, I'd have to drop a pin and you'd have to charge your phone to come find me. That's, she, I don't know if she would even come. But that's where I would want to be. But it's not about what I want. Because 2,000 years ago, it wasn't about what he wanted. Because he said in the garden, if there's any other way, let this cup be passed from me. God, there's any other option. Please tell me what it is. But he didn't do what he wanted. So what gives me the right to claim his sacrifice for me and then do what I want? So Jesus, the number one thing here is surrender. I am surrendered to the will of God for my life. Pastor Chris, how do I know the will of God? Read the Bible. It starts there. I don't like what it says. I didn't write it. There's things I don't like about it either. You ever been really mad at somebody and you like the feeling you feel justified at being angry? And like, yes, I'm angry. And you feel, yes. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know what that means? Don't go to bed that way. I don't like that verse. Because sometimes being angry, it's how I'm not going to have to actually cry and deal with the situation. So I want to stay angry. But the Bible says, no, don't go to bed with ang- being angry. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So you know what? I got to say, I don't like that verse, but I got to listen to it. We got to surrender. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's not common. It's not preached about much. But it is one of the main things that it will take to see God move like you want Him to. But surrender is the easy one. Surrender is the easy one of the, of, of the two I had to give you this morning. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and willingly gave himself up for me. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live. It's no longer James. It's no longer Nicole. It's no longer Paul. It's no longer Kelly. It's Christ. And if it is Nicole, if it is Sydney, if it is Chris, if it is Darnell, there's a problem. Because if it's not him, it's me. And Chris doesn't want to stand before God. Chris wants to stand before God in Christ. So I'm surrendered to him. Because if you're not surrendered to him, you'll never do the second part. And the second part is like the secret sauce. The second, the second point of this message is where it all comes down to. And you're not going to like it, and it's okay. I don't care. I don't care because I know what's on the other side of it. I don't like it either, and I don't care. Number one is surrender, but number two is sacrifice. And nobody ever, ever, ever likes being talked about, talked about sacrifice. Nobody ever wants to hear about it. Abram has promised the son. He waits 25 years for his son. He gets his son. And a few years later, God says, take the son, the one I promised you, the one you waited 25 years for. Take him up on the mountain, build an altar, and sacrifice him. Disclaimer, God's not going to ask you to kill your kid. He did 2,000 years ago for you. He sacrificed his son. You don't have to. But... This doesn't represent you sacrificing your son. What it represents is sacrificing the stuff that's most valuable to you. I can promise you this. You'll never walk in the fullness that God has for you without sacrificing something that means the world to you. Won't happen. Sacrifice is ugly. It hurts. It costs. You don't like it. 
No one does. You've heard me talk, it's almost weekly. I talk about deer hunting. What I never told you is why I stopped. Why I'm not hunting every weekend or in a hunting club somewhere. 2013, we are in the smack in the middle of the building. We're raising money to build this building. We're having church in that front body shop, and we're, we're raising money. We had to raise $250,000 to, I forgot, to finish the project, I forgot the details. We had a little bar on the side raising 250 grand. And I'm, I'm newly married. I don't have a bunch of money. I can't give a whole lot. And there was a message preached from the end of 1 Samuel where it talks about in the second Samuel where it talks about they would bring their valuables from their house and that's how they got the, the material to build the temple that they were building. And so the Lord said, no, you don't have a lot of money, but you know what you got? You got that hunting rifle. You got to understand something. This was my dream hunting rifle, right? Like, not only was it, it was the exact one I wanted, like piece by piece, scope, scope, caliber, caliber, color stock, the whole nine yards. Everything was exactly what I always wanted. Not only that, but God gave it to me. I worked at Cash America Pawn Shop. The gun was valued at least $2,500. The gun comes in, the guy pawns it for three, $400. No, sorry, $800. And he said, I look him straight in the face and I say, if you don't come back, I'm buying this gun. He said, ain't no bleepity bleepity way you buying this gun. Three months later, guess who's buying the gun? I bought it for less than one item on the gun was worth. God's like, here, here's your perfect weapon. Here's the perfect thing you wanted. And three years later, I'm sitting in a service in that room, and the Holy Spirit says, you don't have a lot of money, but you got that rifle. So because I'm an intelligent individual, I'm like, oh God, I got this. So I went home and I priced each individual part of the gun, found out how much money it was, and then gave that much money. Because I thought, God needs the money for the building. That's what we need the money. I'll, I've probably been more convicted like three times in my life because God didn't want the money. God wanted the idol. God didn't want the money. God wanted the thing of value. He wanted to find out if I would sacrifice something that mattered to me, something that was valuable to me. So I've come to church the next Sunday and the Holy Spirit, I mean, I don't even remember what was preached. I don't remember what was being played. I was on the worship team. I don't remember singing. All I remember is the Holy Spirit saying, you still own that gun, don't you? You still own that gun, don't you? Guess what I did the next day? I couldn't get to the shop fast enough to sell that dumb thing. But see, what? there's a part of the story I forgot to tell you. I give the money because I still plan on hunting. That very week, Hurricane Isaac hits wipes out the hunt camp and we lose the we lose the lease in Mississippi too both places I was going to hunt were gone I don't even need it well now I'm like maybe if I'd have sold the gun I'd have, I'd have kept the club maybe no he wanted the thing of value another story to let you know that sacrifice is a real deal in 2009 I got laid off by the church I was on staff I got laid off I'm sitting in my house one night on a Tuesday night reading my Bible, upset, depressed. I want to get married. Don't know how I'm ever going to afford it. Don't want to really, really want to go back to college. I know I'm called to ministry. I'm stuck. I get a phone call from my uncle that says his pastor wants to meet me. I go meet him the next night, Wednesday night service. Before the service, he calls me in his office. We start talking. He hears about my situation. He ends up saying, Come see me after service. We go to Starbucks down the street. He says, hey, I want to offer you a raise on what you were making at a $5,000 signing bonus to come work for me. Now, I had no job. 
He's given me a raise on what I had at a $5,000 signing bonus. Well, God, there's my engagement ring. There's like a way to get started on the wedding. I'm like all excited. The problem was the night before in devotion, the Holy Spirit gave me a word that said, stay put. So I had to sit there for two months and respectfully decline this offer from this pastor as the salary kept increasing and the signing bonus kept increasing. Why? Because it wasn't what God wanted for me. I was surrendered to the will of God on my life and it came to a point where I had to make a sacrifice even though I didn't want to, even though that's something I wanted, that's something I felt was good. I could not have it because he said no. Do not tell me you want God to move in your life if you're not willing to sacrifice. Don't do it. You can't. I'm standing here as the pastor of this church because of sacrifice. That's it. It's sacrifice. Pastor Chris, I need my marriage to get right. Sacrifice something. I don't know what to sacrifice. Start with food. Stop eating. Fast. Pastor Chris, I I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. Sit down with me. Let's figure out something you can sacrifice. I promise there's something you can put on the altar. You read throughout the entire Old Testament, God always responded to a fresh sacrifice. Always. Surrendered to the will of God. Sacrificing for Him. Abraham goes up the mountain. His son says, Daddy, where's, where's, the, where's the sacrifice? I see the altar and I see, I see the wood and the, everything. Where's the sacrifice? And he says, God's going to provide. Now, it doesn't really tell us how this happens. So I have to use a little bit of like just context clues. But it literally says, I'm going to read it to you. I wasn't going to go this long, I'm going to read it to you. Hold on. Verse 8, 22 verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. They came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there and placed wood in order. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the altar on the wood. It wasn't just Abraham that was surrendered. You ever tried getting a a child to not move? You don't have one if you tell me it's successful. Sam, don't move. It's just what's going to happen. It says he bound Isaac. That means that Isaac trusted Abraham, who trusted God so much that Isaac was willing to be surrendered to the will of God that Abraham said. Sometimes you may not, wow, sometimes you may not know what God wants you to do, but you come talk to your pastor, you come talk to a leader, and they say, hey, why don't you try this? You may not have heard it yourself, but you trust the God in someone. You trust the Holy Spirit in somebody. I had to do that yesterday. I had to tell somebody something they didn't want to hear and they didn't feel it. They didn't like it, but they trust the Holy Spirit in me. Humbling. They trust the Holy Spirit in me. Isaac gets on the altar. They're surrendered. And check out what happens next. Verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Y'all, he's got the knife in his hand. He's about to stab and sacrifice his own son. Y'all, if Sarah, his wife, knew what was going on, Lord Jesus, help him. In verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. 
here I am. He said, do not lay a hand on the ladder, do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. See, when you surrender and you sacrifice, something happens. There's three S's. There's surrender, there's sacrifice. And when you do those two things, the Holy Spirit shows up supernatural things begin to happen in your life when you're surrendered and you're sacrificing. But the problem is, is so many Christians don't want to surrender and then the ones that do struggle sacrificing and we wonder where the Holy Spirit went. The Holy Spirit's not moving in our churches. No, it's because Christians aren't surrendering and sacrificing anymore. I read biographies of ministers. I've met a minister that would go to a hotel and every time he'd go to the hotel, he'd unplug the TV and put it in the hallway because he didn't want to be tempted to waste any of the church's time that brought him in by watching television. So he would take it and put it in the hallway, and if he was awake, he was studying or praying because that church, those people spent their money to bring him in, and he wasn't going to waste it by watching a movie or a football game. That's sacrifice. That's sacrifice. In the late 80s, when we were, I wasn't even born yet, when we were fundraising to get this property, my dad tells a story, my mom would tell it too, that they did an offering, they had to fundraise money. I believe my grandmother used to help count the offering, right? They go into the offering one day, and there's a, a, a sheet of paper in it that's not money, it's not a check. It's the deed to a shrimp boat. Somebody put in the gave their boat a sacrifice. But guess what? You are experiencing what you're experiencing in this room week in and week out. Your kids are getting ministry here because almost 40 years ago, somebody obeyed the leading of the Holy Spirit. They were surrendered enough and they said, you know what? I'll sacrifice that. Here, here's a boat. Oh, Grandma, they were pulling out diamond rings. They were pulling out diamond earrings. They were pulling out Rolex watches. They were pulling out hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Why? Because people said, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to sacrifice what you're telling me to sacrifice. Some of y'all are like, bro, you nuts. No, I'm not. I'm just surrendered. Because God did not call me to pastor this church to have fun church services from 10 to 12 and we clap and we have a good time and we go to lunch. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here because heaven wants to invade the earth and his crosshairs are on Parish Road, Chalmette, Louisiana. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to sacrifice whatever it takes. Because guess what? If I can fast, if I can pray, and that's the reason you get set free from drug addiction, that's the reason your mama gets saved, that's the reason your son comes back home, it's worth it. It's worth it. But I can't be the only one doing it. I can't be the only one to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice too. I, you, I don't know what you have to sacrifice. You know why? Because I'm not in your prayer closet. But what I can tell you to do is tomorrow night you can sacrifice from 6.30 to 8 and you can be here tomorrow night for prayer.
then I've been wrestling back and forth with this and the Holy Spirit just kind of confirmed it so now I got to do it Tuesday night for 7 o'clock here I will be teaching a class on how to study the Bible if you don't know how to you can read it if you don't know how to study the Bible be here Tuesday at 7 o'clock and bring your Bible and a notepad back and forth I was going to do it or not but I'm going to sacrifice and do what I got to do you can sacrifice the $15 it costs to go to the Empowered Conference you could be here Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night well Pastor Chris that's a lot for a weekend don't get me started on what dancing and ball and hunting can do to a weekend y'all I deer hunted Y'all, we used to leave as soon as I would throw my plate in the trash can on Thanksgiving Day and jump in a truck and come home Sunday night. There were no plans when it was hunting time. None. I spent whatever money it cost. I spent whatever much time it cost. I woke up whenever I had to get up because I wanted to do it. Well, I'm telling you something right now. The Friday night, the 21st, Saturday night, 22nd, and Sunday, the 23rd, do what you got to do. Make the decision. I'm going to be there sacrifice because you don't know what your sacrifice might produce you don't know what your life of surrender might produce you might be believing for God to touch somebody in your family touch somebody at your workplace you might be you need God to touch you sacrifice because this is what it will take I can promise you this It's a song we used to sing a couple years ago. We probably should start singing it again. I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I can remember summer of 2012, the Holy, I was youth pastoring. The Holy Spirit said, pray, make it hurt, and feed the hungry. So I taught a class, and we had prayer on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Tell me what teenager wants to go pray at Saturday at 8 p.m. First night, we had four kids. 11 weeks later, the youth ministry had tripled. Went from 35 kids to over 100. Why? Because the Holy Spirit began to move because people began to sacrifice. 14-year-olds began to sacrifice. Raph got saved at one of those prayer meetings. But if I say, Lord, I don't want to give up my Saturday nights. I need to take my wife on a date night. He might not be on the front row, y'all. I don't, you got to understand it. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Now, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. But I don't really know if y'all, you're going to give you testimony one Sunday this year. Just, y'all don't really know what God's done in this man's life. Where God has brought him from. Where he was where he was headed and what God did. But if there's not the sacrifice, and I'm not bragging on myself at all, I'm just connecting dots to you. If there's not the sacrifice from my wife and I to say, you know what, we'll give up Saturday nights indefinitely. You just sit down. We, we don't need to go on a date on Saturdays. I know you work full time. I know I work full time outside the church. We don't need Saturday nights. 
because young people need Jesus. We need a move of God in this city. And we're going to, this is what the Lord says to do, we're going to do it. If we don't agree to do that, he's not sitting here. There's a chance Brianna's not sitting here. And I know that these two have blessed many of you in this room. But it came from surrender. It came from sacrifice. You don't know what your surrender or sacrifice will produce. But I promise you, it'll go so much further than you can possibly imagine. Because now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine through Christ Jesus. Be all the glory and honor and power forever. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to ask you a bold question. Holy Spirit already moved this morning. I'm going to ask you a question this morning with every eye open and every head up. You can say, Pastor Chris, I don't know what yet. I'm a little scared of it. But I'm ready to surrender and sacrifice. Stand up. I don't know what yet, but I'm ready to surrender and I'm ready to sacrifice. Just stand up. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to commit to Jesus, not to me. Say, Jesus, I'm going to surrender right now to you. I'm surrendering to you. You're in charge. I'm not. I give you my life. You're the boss. You're the boss. Lord, I'll sacrifice what you tell me to. You can ask him for grace because you're going to need it. I'll sacrifice whatever you tell me to. It ain't going to be easy, but I'll do it. I'll do it. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you did. God, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. Father, I thank you that you're injecting an excitement, a passion, and and a hope in the heart of every person here that when we get together, you're in charge and you're going to do what you want and we don't want to miss it. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.